Hey guys, I'm Caitlin and this is Carson and we are the founders of Lost Artistry Lash. And today we're going to kind of run through how we began our journey in the lash industry and how we've grown our business from the very beginning into now selling lash products worldwide. So the first thing that we're going to touch on is exactly how Caitlin started her journey because I didn't start the company with her. So we've been together through the entire thing. I've been in the background supporting her wherever I can, but her journey really started as a lash artist without me, Uh, just me in the background supporting, and it slowly evolved into me being more involved in the day-to-day, and I eventually left my full-time job to join up with Lost Artistry Lash and... I came through maybe partway through the journey. And so the start of Lost Artistry Lash was why? Why did you start lashing? Why did you get into eyelash extensions? Okay, so as most of you know, I, well, we are parents of two beautiful little boys, but when I had my first son, Isaiah, Carson was actually working in my hometown um, in Newfoundland. Caitlin, hold on. I got to interrupt there. Caitlin is from uh, Newfoundland. From she's from a small town in Newfoundland called Dildo, Newfoundland. <laughs> That's a real true fact. This it's is a real true. place in Newfoundland that Caitlin spent a large part of her upbringing. She's from Dildo, Newfoundland. So I just wanted to throw that in. If you guys don't know about Dildo, Newfoundland, it is very <laughs> now widely <you> know. known. <laughs> Thanks to Jimmy Kimmel, he very seriously tried to become the mayor of dildo newfoundland like very recently but anyways that's another story you put dildo newfoundland on the map oh dang um okay no back to (laughs) back to the serious stuff so (laughs) so we uh caitlin was actually living here and when she when when she got pregnant with her first son isaiah we moved back to newfoundland for the family support that's where all of her family's from is from in a small area from newfoundland so we moved back there and at the time i was doing i was in oil oil and gas i was in material management so i managed warehouses in oil and gas and i was doing a project in newfoundland in a very small town for an offshore drilling rig and caitlin was uh at home with our brand new baby in a very small town called marystown so we were doing a project in marystown there's only a few thousand people in marystown and not a whole lot to do there Um, and at this time lash extensions weren't uh, at least in canada they weren't mainstream so we caitlin didn't even know what lash extensions were and i'll let you take the floor and explain why and how you ended up getting into eyelash extensions So basically, my first passion, well, I'm passionate about the beauty industry just as a whole, but I have always been in love with hairstyling. And I especially have fallen in love with um, very meticulous and tedious details associated with the beauty industry. So I was often known for doing photo shoots and um, hairstyling for weddings. And basically, I really liked updos and stuff like that. So anyways, I was at home and kind of a little bit bored, I would say. And so when Carson would come home from work in this little town, there was no swimming pool, there was no gym, there was nothing like that. So I really had to fill my time with something. So I took my hair skills and I decided to um, reach out to the only salon in the town. Um, Ended up being the best decision I've ever made. But um, I ended up working there on my spare time and... 
in this little tiny salon, this the owner, she reached out and she was like, you're so good at these little details. She's like, you would like this thing called eyelash extensions. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> Wait, shout out to Tilly. So it's Tilly's, Tilly's Salon. Tilly's Salon in Love Mary's you, Tilly. Town. Tilly's Salon. She really skyrocketed Caitlin's, Caitlin's career. I love Tilly. She's the sweetest thing ever. So, so just in, back to the, the origins, Caitlin was at home. I was doing like 16 hour days at work. So <clears throat> Caitlin was at home with a brand new baby in a place that is minus 40 degrees with a hundred kilometer hour winds, uh, and, and 10 feet of snow on the ground kind of thing. So she was at, at home all day with a brand new baby and she needed something to do in the evening. So she started working at Tilly's in the evening just to get her out of the house and to get her doing something. And then Tilly actually is the one who introduced Caitlin to eyelash extensions and Caitlin didn't even know what eyelash extensions were this was like six years ago or something I guess now mm-hmm. so Tilly and I made this fun little um I guess verbal agreement that if she taught me how to do eyelash extensions then I would do them out of her salon and then um it was it was totally open she just had faith in me that I would do well so I went on my journey to learn how to do eyelash extensions and if I'm being a hundred percent honest I definitely thought I was a lot better than I was I had so much to learn but um yeah I I learned a lot from that place and she really just let me jump into it and I realized very quickly that I absolutely loved doing them so anyways we moved from Marystown once Carson was done working there and we moved to BC which is um where we live now and for the in the beginning, I again a mom at home. Carson was still working. He was actually working in Fort McMurray, doing the same kind of job there. Um, while I stayed at his mom's house with our son, and um, I again wanted to keep busy. I'm someone who loves working. I take a lot of pride in what I do when it comes to work. So I really wanted to keep busy, and um, I started by putting a little post on Craigslist about doing eyelashes in Comox. And um, it was more of a success than I had ever imagined it would be. I did lashes on Carson's mom's couch. And when I wasn't doing lashes there, I would actually drive and do home services, which in hindsight was actually pretty crazy. Um, But I I did it. I I would go to people's homes and do lashes on their couches. And um, I clearly didn't understand the importance of good lighting, but I made it work somehow. Yeah, I just want to hop in there too um, <clears throat> and note that a lot of times I think that just people in general can kind of, um, there's uh, saying uh, paralysis by analysis and you can you can kind of paralyze yourself in thought and fear of things aren't good enough and your business isn't legit enough to start. Caitlin mm-hmm. was doing lashes on my mom's couch. We had... Actually, so the part that Caitlin didn't mention is that when she was doing this, I actually got laid off. There was an economic downturn. I got laid off mm-hmm. from my job in oil and gas, and I we had something like $800 in our bank account at the time. I don't even think it was that much. Yeah, and she was doing eyelash extensions on my mom's couch while my mom... The, li- the living room was like basically in the kitchen. So my mom was like cooking dinner in the kitchen and right next to it was Caitlin doing lashes on a couch of a stranger with no setup, no lash room, nothing. But what she lacked in uh, a dedicated lash room and aesthetic, she made up for in personality, passion and dedication to her craft. So 
uh, a lot of times, like we've seen, uh, we've had lots of messages from people and emails from people being like, Hey, I don't, I don't feel like I have enough money to start my business. I, I don't feel like my space is nice enough. I'm working from home out of my bedroom or whatever. That's totally fine. That's where Caitlin came from. And a big part of the success that Caitlin's seen in the industry is by following the concept of minimum viable product. So we have a, a, a video on the MVB concept and I would encourage you to read up on the MVP concept there's a ton of information out there on this and Caitlin didn't have much to offer in terms of the space that she operated in but she was at a point where she was fully booked and had return clients after return clients after return clients even though she wasn't nearly at the level that she is now and even though like my mom was in the kitchen like five feet away cooking chicken I actually had a notebook that didn't even have dates in it. Like, you know, you have like your little calendar book and you write in like what you're going to do each day. Well, I had an exercise book, like an actual notepad that had no dates or anything. And I would write in like January 1st, January 2nd. And then I would write my clients in there because I was like, well, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter. I'll just do that. And it, it somehow worked in clients still came to see me and it was actually kind of fun but it was cool to grow from there and um we finally got our own place and we we were renting a place we were renting a, an apartment in victoria we were yes. living with my mom at the time that mm-hmm. caitlin's talking about when we yeah. were doing it when she was doing it on the couch and i wasn't working i was unemployed yes so yeah you were employed for a very short period of time it was like a few weeks or something when we moved to bc and then everything just kind of turned down but Anyhow, we were at his mom's house and then finally, like after doing that for a while, we were like, okay, we can move to Victoria, which is where we live right now. It's only about three hours away, but we were finally ready to kind of go out on our own and we rented a place downtown Victoria, which was pretty a pretty awesome location. It was nice. And we found a place that actually had this little tiny, tiny room as soon as you walked in through the front door, which was perfect because clients could just kind of like walk in and go into that room and I would do their services on them there. But that was like a really big deal for me to have that. Yeah. So we had a den and uh, it was a really tiny little room. Um, and then we had our son, our, he was like what, one and one, one and one, a half yeah. at the time, one. Uh, so he had one room and then we had a little den that we converted into a lash room. And keep in mind, we didn't have any money. And uh, a lot of people see now and maybe they assume like, oh, you know, Lost Archery Lash, Caitlin, she's really successful. Maybe she came from money and stuff. We did not come from money. We, no. came, we had nothing when we started this business. It's just dedication. Google Dildo Newfoundland. <laughs> <laughs> You'll it's, see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's dedication and it's time and it's perseverance and grit. So um, we uh, we turned that little room into a into a lash room, and everything that was in that room was not bought at once. It was bought very slowly. We'll maybe post a picture of it in here as well. We have pictures from from then. And uh, she bought a massage table on used Victoria, which is like the equivalent of Craigslist or or whatever your local classified is. And she spent maybe what two hundred, three hundred dollars to set up that room, and then over time, as customers came in, all the money that she made from doing services was reinvested into that little room, and eventually it became a pretty cute little room. And this yeah. is what allowed Caitlin to go from the very beginning of being on my mom's coach with nothing. She didn't even have a cart. She didn't even have a lash cart at the time to having a pretty cute little room. Yeah. Actually, um, on that note, I went with building clients then. It was so 
crucial that I built clients when I came to Victoria because of course I lost everyone that I had had built while lashing on Carson's mom's couch but I had faith that I could do it and uh, I also um, I remember being in chatters one day and I saw that they had like 80% off of all of their little sham tiny shampoo bottles they were like little redkin shampoo bottles and I was like I like scooped so many of them into my cart and I was like perfect I'll buy all of these and my thoughts were that I would put a little tiny bottle of shampoo and a Hershey's kiss with my business card and in each little bag and give it out to my customers as a like incentive for them to come back like remember me please come back and it actually worked yeah so caitlin in 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 order to uh, accumulate a full clientele in a new city i mean we didn't know anyone when we moved mm-hmm. here uh we didn't have any connections it's not like one of those situations where it's like well my sister was here and my mom was here so they would refer people no caitlin had to start from the ground up so caitlin did a lot of that kind of stuff like incentives to come back and uh even approaching people in the supermarket there's been the even now like like a month ago we were in in the grocery store and caitlin the teller had nice eyes and caitlin's asking her to do eyelash extensions on her so caitlin was doing all sorts of things like that um in order to get people in the door to build up her portfolio and then she was utilizing all of the free classifieds in order to get clients in the door and it was a grind it wasn't like it just all of a sudden filled up she was posting tons of things and doing little incentive things like this you had at one point actually I forgot about this but at one point she had a a referral thing so it was like I don't remember what it was but it was like you you refer three people and you get your fourth you get a free fill or something yeah you refer three people and then you get your fill like you get a fill free so I would like keep notes of all the people who referred other people like every time someone would come in I'd be like oh were you referred by anyone and they would say like okay Megan referred me from here and I'd be like okay and I'd like put it in her Megan's little like card cue card that I had that I would like write her mappings on and stuff and I would also one thing that I found built the business I think it was probably the best decision that I've made when it came to keeping clients was being open with them. And after every appointment, I would be like, Hey, can I just like, like kind of creepily stare at you for a minute? And they'd be like, uh, okay. And I would look at them and I'd be like, okay, the the corners are like a little bit low. Maybe next time I want to go shorter on those so that we can lift those up a little bit or Um, maybe I'll put some links here and here. And like, I kind of got them involved in how I was going to make their set better next time. And then they were like, they had faith. They were like, oh shit, she really wants to like do better next time. And and I want to come back to see her. And they knew that I actually cared about what I was giving them. So I think that that was really beneficial as well. Yeah. And again, like what Caitlin lacked in having in terms of space and maybe experience she made up for by being able to connect with clients on a personal personal level and they could see how passionate and driven she was. Uh, So even though at the time, I mean, you were still fairly new. I I remember even uh, Caitlin came home and she was all excited and she showed me uh, some work that she did and I didn't know anything about lashes at all. And I remember asking her, are eyelash extensions are they supposed to be going in all sorts of directions like that she had eyelashes pointing 
everywhere and she just confidently told me that she didn't fully understand direction at the time and <laughs> just confidently told me no that, that's the, the natural direction of their eyelashes that's how it's supposed to, la- to, to look I had no idea I was like these are the best <laughs> but but even even with that I mean and she she didn't have the experience to understand direction and how to correct those kind of um, like snaggly eyelashes I was confident though she, and and you gave a good service so people still wanted to come back you don't have to be yeah. the best to grow and build a full clientele is my point just be honest really like just be honest at where you're at don't i think i think under promising and overachieving is definitely the best strategy like if if i knew that i was going to take four hours on a set i would tell someone that i was going to take four and a half hours so that they were prepared and they were like okay cool no problem and then you know if it takes me three and a half hours then it's a bonus so um yeah kind and of and then with that. so from there you want to talk about how we moved from our little den to uh, the salon, which still operates and it's been operating for a few years now. I love Lost Artistry Salon so much, but um, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that we actually own a salon. Yeah, and the salon hair. is so special. Every time I walk in there, I have such a nice feeling. But um, anyways, so obviously we ran out of our little tiny space, and uh, I got busy. I got really busy, and. I actually met along the way two really good friends who also did lashes. And uh, I, Carson, worked at this awesome place. And the owner of the building was like, all of a sudden had this space available upstairs in their their area. And he was like, Caitlin, you might actually really like this space. And I was like, well, I, I would love to to move forward with this and like kind of, kind of move this into a further direction and I had these two girls who also did lashes that I was like maybe I can spin it to them maybe they would like to work there but I wasn't sure anyways I walked into this space and I fell in love I was like this is beautiful it was it was perfect but it needed a lot of work yeah I'll just cut in there and say maybe it wasn't beautiful at that moment but it had serious potential yeah. and like I we both recognized that not everyone is going to have this kind of opportunity and that the the place that I worked, the owner of, of the place that I was working actually owned commercial businesses and, and it came up like this. But everything happened really organically for us. It, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. forced, but that doesn't mean that there's not a ton of opportunity out there. You just have to go looking for the opportunity yeah. and find it. And what what we turned that space into is nothing like what it it looked like in the beginning. So we had to do a lot of work to turn it into what it looks like now. It's true. So... It was beautiful to me because I came out of, you know, a little room. I was like, this is amazing. It had sunlight. We didn't even have a room in our little room. But to me, I saw, holy smokes, like this is amazing. And we got such a good deal from the owners of the building. We got so lucky there. But anyways, we saw this room and and it was it definitely wasn't beautiful. Actually, if you Google Lost Artistry Salon, you will see the outside of the building and you can tell kind of what um, the building is, but it ended up turning into such a little gem. We, uh, turned that place into a beautiful, like a beautiful salon that grew from just me kind of working in there to having, um, now we have seven people who work at Lost Artistry Salon and, uh, it's transformed hugely. 
Yeah, and it was scary for us too. Like, I don't want to make this sound, and I don't want I don't want it to come across like, oh yeah, we just hopped right into the salon, True. no big deal. Like, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of back and forth. Should we do this? Should we not do this? Like, we didn't have very much money. Every True. bit of money that Caitlin made had already like we this whole time we've just been putting any money we made into back into our our various businesses. So to do this, we were we were even overextending ourselves to a degree, and um, the salon followed the exact same concept of the whole minimum viable product. We didn't start the salon with a bang. It wasn't beautiful mm-hmm. out the gates. It was a work in progress. So my dad and I actually did a lot of the physical labor myself. Can I butt ourselves? in there for a yeah, second? Yeah, of course. Okay. In the salon, I did quite a few clients in the salon before it was done. And all of those clients have come back and been like, how did you pull this together? It was, there was a bed inside of basically a construction zone and uh, it was not ideal. Yeah, so that that follows and stays true to the whole MVP concept is that you kind of go in with bare bones, but what you lack in space, you make up for in service and you just explain to your clients. It was like at the time we talked a lot about this and it was like, okay, we're in like this empty space that needs a ton of work done for, to it. Like it, it, it looked nothing like what it does now. The outside of the building isn't very nice. When you walk in, it's really nice because we worked on it over a period of months. But Caitlin explained that to her clients and said, hey, this is, you've been with me since I was in this den at my house and now we're transitioning and we're growing the business. Um, so bear with us over the next few months, we're going to be renovating this place and then she got the input from all of her clients as well because Mm -hmm. we obviously have our own bias and our own um, interests and we think hey like this is what I would want to see in a salon but that might not necessarily be what your clients want out of the space that they're coming in their lashes in so Caitlin took that data that information that her clients were giving her about what they want in an experience and then we use that to create um, what the salon is now and we we formed that salon and that space based around the feedback that we got from the clients over that time before investing a ton of money into it. And as scary as it was starting that, I genuinely believed that it would take off. And I think that that kind of outlook on it is is what will get you ahead as well. Like there was not an ounce of doubt in my mind that the business was going to succeed. Like I genuinely, I just loved what I did. And I knew that if I put that out there and like really flowed with that, then, then good things would come. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so basically we spent months getting it together and I worked in there by myself in the construction zone. Cause we actually, we didn't say this, but we actually just had our second baby and he actually took over the last room. So there was a 0% chance that I could last from home anymore at that time anyways. So we were kind of forced into it really. Um, but but yeah, I worked from there for the first little while when we were renovating by ourselves. And then those two girls that I had mentioned in the beginning came on board and um, they were our first two chair rentals. Yeah. And so on that note, the growth of the business, the growth of your business, and even still with us right now, it doesn't happen while you're working in your business. It happens while you're working on your business. So Mm -hmm. the time that I was in there with my dad, um, building stuff and I was still working a normal job and I would go in there in the evening and Caitlin was at home when our kids were sleeping and she was, 
searching for things online to decorate it. And she wasn't building her business while she was doing lash clients. And that's mm-hmm. a misconception that I think a lot of people have, have is that your, your business is just going to grow from doing whatever you're doing, whether it's lashes or whether you're a personal trainer, whatever you're doing, you need to, to, to grow your business outside of the time that you're working directly in your business. So that's how it grew is, is all that time in the evening is when it grew. Actually at that time is, so before we even started Lost Artistry Salon in the evening, we would actually sample products. Um, basically as we talked about before, MVP concept, um, we wanted to cut our costs as much as we could. And by trying different products and stuff, we were trying to save ourselves money in the long run, really, by um, finding our own products and like also finding products that we loved because that's a big thing too. I found it was really hard to find a brand of lashes that I loved every single product. So I kind of wanted to make it my own and kind of complement my clients needs through my own brand of lashes but this took ages we tried so many different things and I would test them and so many things I would throw in the garbage but um this whole time from just working in our little space and into the salon we were trying new things and testing um new products yeah so this goes into the next stage and that is starting the lost artistry lash product line and a lot of companies that exist they have a similar story to us in why they started their product line and that was um trying to well a have have a product that they loved every single part of it whether it was volume or um cleansers or whatever have something that you truly believe in every single product and also to save money on overhead and to to save money on your products and stuff and that's really where Lost Artistry Lash started. I there there's a lot of kind of I guess secrets in the industry or or or, or unknowns and stuff, but the reality is is that every lash brand uses a variety of manufacturers to produce their products. It's no lash company is producing the lashes and the products themselves. Not in their warehouse. Yeah. So so we started the lash line and the product line out of a need to lower Caitlin's salon um, expenses. Especially because I had all this overhead cost now that I had our little salon and I was like, oh, I need to like cut things down as much as I can, cut costs down wherever I can. So um, we tried a lot of things and a lot. It took years. I'm not exaggerating in that. It took us probably, how many years do you think, two or three yeah, years? Yeah, it took, to, to, to really fall in love, uh, it took about two years. And I would encourage anyone to go out and follow the same goal and to, um, to, to if you want, if, if that's your goal, then, then great. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. But mm-hmm. um, it does take a long time. And you have to be prepared to spend that time. It, I think it took about two years before you were finally ready and settled on. But at the two-year mark is when I was like, okay, I love these products. And then I was like, hey, girls, um, I have these products. And they were obviously using their own things. And I was like, if you want, like, we can we can all play around with these. And they were like, okay, cool. So they started using our products in the salon. And they fell in love with the products too. They were like everyone loved these products. So the girls in the salon started using them. And then from there, local girls started catching on or just local artists 
started catching on and uh, people were like writing me on Instagram and stuff and they were like, hey, do you have any of these products? And I was like, uh, I guess I need to order more. And uh, actually that's how the brand started is because we were selling so much locally and I was not able to keep up with my clients and responding to all these people who were wondering what my price list was and like all of this stuff for these products. So um, basically I said to Carson, I was like, hey, I'm in over my head here. Like we have so many people who want these products and I don't know if I can keep up with these. Can we maybe make a website? And our thought was never to turn into what we are now, but it, uh, it kind of just organically grew into that. Like the girls locally were going to buy our products. And then, um, actually in the, in the first day that we launched our, our website, we were like, we're not going to get any sales. And how much, how much sales did we get that day? All right, good couple hundred dollars a couple hundred dollars was like the best thing ever <laughs> we were so excited yeah. and then um actually it's funny carson's one of carson's family members is, is able to tell us this now but she said she was like so worried and she wanted to make an order because <laughs> she felt like we were going we weren't going to get any orders because it was like what the heck who's going to buy these from you guys but um anyways people people fell in love with it and um yeah, I, I don't know. So we get a lot of messages, emails and Instagram messages and whatnot of people asking us how we started and how they can do something similar. And we are 100% about transparency and we're more than happy to share that information with you. But we just want to get across that Rome wasn't built in a day. It takes time and um, it's not a quick thing. You can't just decide tomorrow, hey, I'm going to start a product line and I'm just going to start bringing stuff in. You have to really put in that time and test it so that you don't um, get screwed over, really. I mean, you um, when you're dealing with manufacturers, there's tons of them out there and really it's quite difficult to find one that is decent. You might get a product, um, and this has happened to so many different companies we've talked to lots of we're friends with a number of the owners of some pretty big companies and they all kind of have had the same experience where you might try something out and it's awesome and you're like oh i love this this is really good quality mm-hmm. and whatever and then you spend your whole savings on it and then what you get is not what you got in the sample yep. and that happens a lot so you have to really go slow and um and build that relationship and really test things out. You might have something that looks really nice and then it doesn't hold its curl um, or it becomes discolored or it has a blue hue or there's just inconsistencies in the product. So it, it's super important to not force things, not get too excited. And I actually myself, I, I admittedly have a tendency to get a little excited and Caitlin kind of grounds me in that regard because she does allow things to happen more organically and naturally and she kind of just trusts in the process and says, hey, like, let's slow down a little bit, whereas I can have a tendency to rush things a little bit. And I think that it's really important to know what whatever stage it is, whether you're um, trying to move from home into a salon, just slow down and trust in the process and know that good things take time. And if you take the time to do them right, they will succeed. It's true. And on that note, um, it's I, I like I, I'm, I have a tendency of like, kind of toning things down and being like, no, it's all good. It's super easy, but it's not easy. And if I'm being 100% honest, um, we have zero downtime. We don't, we're not the family who sits at home and watches Netflix in the evening. We are always on um, 100% of the time. So you have to also think like 
am I ready for that commitment yeah. and and the stress that comes along with that? Like it has not been easy. And actually, I we didn't even talk about how you came into the picture, but I felt um, so overwhelmed by like taking on clients and you know answering people's questions and and we were shipping orders oh my goodness in the beginning we turned our our little room that was like our spare room we turned it into a product room where we started lost artistry lash and i imagine we have pictures somewhere we should definitely share those but we moved from there then we gave up our master bedroom and we moved into the spare room and we ran out of there and not only did we run out of there ourselves but we also had an employee who ran out of there so we had zero personal time i'm talking like our kids are running around the house and there's an employee working in that room getting orders ready and asking us questions and then in the night we're like trying to fulfill orders ourselves till sometimes like one two o'clock in the morning and then getting up at 6 a.m with our kids um none of that came easy yeah there's a lot of sacrifice that happens in order to succeed and that's in any business that that doesn't mean just in the product line starting Mm -hmm. that's in starting the salon as well like our number one, the most important thing to both of us is our kids and spending time with our kids and getting those moments with our kids. And in order to do both of those things, it means that you can't have a life outside of that. Like we, we were doing, Caitlin was doing 16 hour days. She was doing clients and then she was responding to emails and we were shipping orders and we were, um, yeah, we gave up all of our space. When we started filming, we were filming out of what originally was our bedroom. And then that turned into a space that we were filming out of. And then, yeah, we were fulfilling orders out of our den. And then, um, a lot of hard work is involved in success. There's no, no, no brand that exists right now. Didn't come with a ton, without a ton of hard work. And that doesn't mean that like some people might say, Oh, the, the lash industry is a little saturated. It's, it's hard to get into. It's not, there's still a ton of opportunity for you to start your brand tomorrow. It's just that you have to be willing to sacrifice, take some time and just really, really work hard and you can do it. And that that's saying that as a lash brand, like you, there's, there's lots of room in the industry for more and new lash brands to come on board. But you also have to do you. So I think a lot of people think that they have to follow what's already happening in the lash industry. And, uh, at least in, in my personal experience, I believed in something a little bit different. Like for example, we started as just a pro fan company and that was because I believed that there was a need and I saw, um, I saw the benefits that came from pro fans. So I really kind of pushed that and then we've kind of grown from there and then into the, obviously the education side of things as well. But I think that you have to just kind of flow with who you are and what you bring to the table and make that your own. And people will follow that. As long as it's genuine and it comes from a good place, then there's the possibilities are endless. Yeah, and I just want to elaborate on what Caitlin just said in regards to pro fans. Uh, that's what we call them here at Lost Artistry, but in the industry, there are some people that refer them to them just as pre-fans. The reason we, we refer to them as pro fans is that um, pre-fans uh, are kind of still less now, but they were associated with those cluster cluster lashes, but pro fans are made by hand. Um, but some of you may know them as pro fans, and so that, or pre-fans, sorry. That, so that's what we started with, just, just a line of pre-fans or, or pro fans, and that was our unique selling point like that was our that was our usp and so that's what helped you don't just follow what everyone else is doing carve your own path and just stay dedicated and know that it will work out if you work hard and you'll be successful so yeah that's kind of how we began obviously we could go on about this all evening 
But uh, I think we'll kind of stop there and we'll pick this up at another time. But basically our point here is that we are two totally normal human beings who have come from essentially nothing and we've grown this into something and are now able to um, share that with you and in hopes that you can do the same thing if that's what you want to do. Yeah, so like Caitlin says, work hard, believe in what you're doing. Um, you don't need any special advantages in your situation to make something come of your business. Just stay true to your business, be dedicated, and work really, really hard, and just stay at it, and you'll get there wherever it is that you want to be. Yes, and don't give up either, and and don't think too big. Think about what your next step is, and then what your next step is, and then what your next step is, and before you know it, you have all of these followers and, and a brand or and a business that is ideal for you. Um, I just quickly will, I know I'll end right away, but um, a year ago, we had zero followers yeah. on Instagram. And now we have um, just about 50,000 followers. And that started from nothing. And it was one year ago that we did that. So if you're dedicated to it and you believe in it, you will get there just like we did. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We hope to do this um, a lot more frequently. I, I actually really like it. It's really fun. Yeah, I also really like it. I'm just <laughs> going to throw that out there. This is our, only our second podcast and it's a lot of fun. And I have an infinite amount of things to talk about. So thank you so much for listening today. And I hope that you join in next time.